Welcome to the wonderful world of wine, exploring all things wine with you. We are your hosts, Kim Simone and Mark Lenzi, and every week we bring you trending topics in the wine world. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. And welcome again to the world of wine. I'm Kim, and I'm here with my co-host Mark. How you doing this week, Mark? Hi, Kim. How are you? I'm all right. Still, uh, we hit some hot summer weather, and we are still talking about wine and all of these things that are uh, going on and changing our industry possibly forever. So, you know, there's a lot of impact that our current situation is having on. Um, wine industry, not only from production standpoint, but from a buying and selling standpoint. And we want to bring you, our listeners, a few of those developments today. So we hope you're looking forward to talking a little bit about how wine is changing and how that might affect you. Yeah, there's been so much in the news lately, Kim, and affecting the wine industry about how the pandemic has affected everybody. And we, I, we found a few stories today. So uh, let's start with one. All right. So this first one is from Refinery29. And it is about how your buying patterns are actually helping our industry. So we hear a lot about how people, um, especially as they've been, they've been staying home a little bit more, you know, not necessarily going out to restaurants and being their public time out in the public. And we might be drinking a little bit more at home as opposed to, you know, out at a friend's house or out while we're having dinner. And how those purchases are really keeping the wine industry afloat these days. And I'm sure that you have seen a bit of this from your daily daily life running a wine store, haven't you, Mark? Yeah, I mean, we were lucky to be essential. And we talked about why liquor was essential in a past show. This article I thought was really interesting, Kim, but it was written by Victoria James, who is a sommelier in New York City. And uh, I believe a few months ago, I sent you a text and I said, I just read this book, you have to read it. And she wrote a book called Wine Girl. And it was her life story about how she became the youngest female master psalm to pass the master exam. Incredible stories. I think she was 21. She started working in the restaurant industry when she was 13, I believe, as a waitress. So she wanted to bring to light how you can support in these restaurants and the small businesses need support now because things were so tough, as you know, with being in the restaurant industry. So, I mean, just an incredible story. Have you read the book yet? I haven't read the book yet. No, I've been I've been doing more um, fiction reading <laughs> this summer, trying to escape a little bit, and uh, haven't really dipped, gone into my wine books. But I uh, I definitely plan on reading this book because uh, just you know all the positive things you've said about it, I and mean, it was such a fascinating read. And I, and I love to hear about the you know the the current personalities in our industry because they're you know you read about these people. And then sometimes you get the opportunity to meet them in real life and they're just normal people. And it's, it's very cool to, you know, have these personalities and they're just doing the same exact thing that, uh, that we are day to day. So it's pretty neat. As you, I mean, as our listeners know, and you know, Kim, the restaurant industry was struggling with wine sales because they couldn't at first do a take home thing. You had to buy food to take the wine home. Have you uh, taken any wine home from restaurants lately when you when you I, I haven't taken wine home. I've taken beer home. Um, there are a couple of local restaurants that we order from that, that do growlers and that do some other things. So we've been trying to 
you know, once a week order out from a local independent restaurant, just to, you know, make sure that those places that we like to go to will hopefully stay afloat because there certainly are some really nice restaurants that that we really enjoy. And, you know, every dollar spent at a local restaurant helps them out. Uh, so it's, you know, it's kind of nice to do the takeout thing. And, you know, it's not necessarily the same thing as going to your favorite restaurant, but it is doing a little bit for those local businesses. So um, I think that it's really a nice thing to be able to get some beer or wine with your order and, uh, and have that show up at your <laughs> at your doorstep with your your burgers or your steak or, you know, whatever it is that you, that you've ordered. So I personally really do think that it is a, um, a nice loosening of the rules to allow restaurants to do that. And yeah, it's a great way to support them. And in, in, in yeah. the past, you could order wine in the restaurant. You didn't finish it. They'd put it in a wine doggy bag. You could take right. it home. But this was put into place to help them generate more money. And I actually had the opportunity. I went to Almanova in Hingham and they had a few wines on the list. They had a Barbaresco that was like $33. And I'm like, this is incredible. Wow. Right. And then I looked a couple of weeks later when they opened in, in the restaurant in dining again, it was back on the list for $68 or something like that. So they would, you know, making a deal for consumers to, uh-huh. to sell some wine. So it was a great chance for people to take home. So yeah, I had a nice Barbaresco with uh, nice. some chicken palm. So that's, uh, that's interesting that you bring up the pricing structure, because I know that that's been one of the topics that's been bantered around a little bit when we talk about these sort of creative solutions that restaurants have been trying to do to keep themselves afloat. And the pricing of wine, because the pricing of restaurant wine is so much higher than it is at retail, people have been wondering how, if this becomes a little bit more of a long-term thing, how are restaurants going to price their wines accordingly? Because that three times or four times markup that a restaurant often will put on their wine because of so many things, whether it's because of, you know, you have to have your buy the glass and wastage and, and all of the presentation that goes along with wine, your staffing, your glassware, all that stuff. Um, how is that going to be changed to make it the takeout wine situation a little bit more attractive to customers? So that's nice to see that that one particular restaurant making some changes and making it so that you felt really good about buying that bottle of wine with your with your chicken farm. So yeah, and it's funny so you I'm mentioned sure we'll that. see more of those of those things. It's funny you said that because I was thinking now's the chance if they should have put it at that regular price because people would want to support and pay that now, I felt. Instead of giving it away now, like oh, you said, okay. restructuring, I think down the road, if they if they charge the normal price now for take home and then you, you went in and it was more, you, to me, I wouldn't care because you're paying for the service, right? Right. They're serving you, they're storing whatever, but I was hmm. very appreciative. I was going to support them anyway, but right. being a wine geek, I knew that was a great deal. It was probably retail price. Probably. Uh, so yeah, I mean, yeah. Big, big things. Yeah. And what I what I liked about this uh, this article was the um, positive tone of it. You know, we read a lot of these articles that are a lot of kind of doom and gloom about what's going on right now within the industry. But this one was kind of took the other the other side. It's like, well, if we have to be drinking at home now, here are the things that you can do to make it so that we are supporting each other and we're kind of all in this together. And if you have you know, if you have those resources that you can spend a little bit of money on wine. And like you said, if you go to a restaurant to do takeout and you can afford to pay a little bit more for, you know, a few bottles of wine, then do that because it's going to have such 
a positive impact on that restaurant. So it's not just the restaurants that need help staying afloat right now, but you know, this impacts our entire industry on all levels. So if you pay attention and you're buying a bottle of wine that is produced from a smaller winery, that helps as well for those little guys, because we are probably going to see that those are the struggling businesses, you know, those wineries that are making fewer than, I don't know, 50,000 cases or 30,000 cases, those little guys from all over the world are going to be hurting. It's going to be a little bit harder for them to, to sell their, sell their wines to get more, a little bit better market share going forward. So. Yeah. She brought to light the small wine shop, the small retailer Mm -hmm. versus, because I think in, in, especially in our area, I don't know about, you know, New York city, but in our area, a lot of people were trying to make one maybe store shopping experience. So they were going to the supermarket and buying everything right there. So they weren't really focusing on the smaller wine shops that had these smaller wineries. So they weren't supporting the smaller wineries because they weren't going to the smaller stores that support Mm -hmm. the smaller wineries. So there was a big impact that way. But I think now people are getting out more and they're seeing more things are open. They can again, you know, support the smaller people. Right. Especially here in Massachusetts, where our numbers are trending very well. We're looking like, at least at the time of this recording, uh, we're looking like we're in much better shape than the rest of the country. So, you know, we can't speak to Texas or Florida or California, but for here in Massachusetts, there there is a little bit more of a feeling of safety, I think, for people as they go out and do a little bit more shopping. You know, we might have a little bit less reliance on getting everything delivered or doing, you know, one shopping trip every two weeks and loading up at one place. So hopefully that will be a benefit to our small business folks as, you know, people are doing some outdoor dining and as people feel a little bit more comfortable going into smaller shops and maybe doing like a wine store trip, like I did to your store last week, you know, <laughs> go in and spend a little bit of money and, and stock up a little bit on some, uh, on some interesting things. So support small. Yeah, thank you. You're listening to The Wonderful World of Wine, and we are your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. If you'd like to get more information about Kim, please go to her website at vinitaswineworks.com. If you'd like to get more information about myself, please go to franklinliquors.com. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. You can find us on Twitter at, at Wine Education. And all our past episodes are on SoundCloud and iTunes. So we're talking about some supporting of small retailers and restaurants during the pandemic. And there was another story in 750.com, Kim, about independent retailers and the reality for independent retailers in the wine world. And I've seen a lot of stories. Have you seen like in Boston, the downtown, the small independent stores, they really were struggling. Their, Their business was actually down because a lot of people were going out of the city and they weren't getting that regular traffic. So they their business was down a little bit during the mm-hmm. pandemic. So this was saying that actually 70 independent wine stores, they studied during the pandemic and the impact and 44% of them said sales were actually down, which I keep seeing stories yeah. daily that it's way, way up. It's way, way down. So this was an independent study saying 44% was down. Yeah, it's been, it's been interesting. It's like the numbers are all over the place and you read one story and it's one set of details and you read another one and it's giving you the complete opposite. Yeah. I kind of don't know what to make of it that there are all of these other, you know, other, these other factors at play. Like 
what what's really going on <laughs> and maybe it's the market like a the particular market that they're talking to so yeah, I mean, yeah the regions seen that, yeah i mean we've seen that responses to the pandemic are very regional you know whether it's at a, a state level or even i mean for us a county level here in massachusetts but certainly you know different parts of the country and different states are having different timelines when it comes to things reopening or shutting down again or people getting sick so that might be a big part of it who is it that they're actually talking to and how restrictive were isolation orders? So were people in a particular area really just not going out and not doing any shopping? And how did that affect them? I mean, I know personally for me and for a lot of my friends in the month of April, like people barely went out at all. So if that was the time frame when these, um, these surveys were being taken, then I would think that that would have an impact on, on what the numbers are. Yeah, again, I think that's what it was early on. People were trying to do, you know, go out, the least they can so they yep. weren't going to multiple stores so it was convenient shopping at the time mm -hmm. and uh, you, had, they, you had mentioned previously that you know if people are going to say the grocery store and just loading up on things then it would make sense that say they were buying a lot but their um the, the money that they were spending per bottle would probably be a little bit lower so instead of you know, browsing a little bit and finding a really lovely $20 bottle that you're going to have, you know, maybe on a Saturday night or with a special meal, you know, you might be loading up on the $10, $12 bottles just to have wine in stock. Um, so I can imagine that that's probably a big part of this as well. Yeah, they said that in this article that the average wine sale price was down. Now, mm -hmm. And you have to think of what's going on. People were out of work. Uh, they had to focus on other things. So they weren't spending probably what they usually spend. And we talked in the past how box wine sales were up, bulk wine sales were up. Uh, people wanted to get more for their money, which is completely understandable with what's what's going on in the world. Sure. They also said, Kim, 70% uh, had curbside pickup. Yeah. 70%. Which did curbside pickup? We, we did. I mean, people were just af afraid to get out, you know, yeah. so you had to support it. And, and we've never done anything like that before. I mean, we've had customers that maybe handicap or something that it was more convenient to bring things out to them, but we've seen that increase as well. And we still, to this day, people are still calling and saying, I'm coming. Can you just, you know, can I pay and just put it in my car when I get there? Mm -hmm. So I think that's something that's changed forever. I think people have seen the convenience of that. And you see the big stores we can, you can pull up and assign spaces now and place your order online, pick it up. I think that's going to really increase in the future. And have I you done like, it? Oh, that, yes, because I was petrified to actually go into buildings with other people for yeah, yeah, <laughs> like yeah. months and months and months. It's only been within the last two weeks that I have even gone into a grocery store. So yeah, I'm one of those, you know, really nervous really nervous Nellie's when it comes to this. But, yeah, it's um, changed in everything, right? I mean, yeah, in yeah. the future, and it's going to, how you look at things in the future is going to change. And, and, you know, we, we think a lot about when these big, big things in history happen to us. And we're certainly in the midst of, you know, something that the children and the grandchildren will hear about from us. And, and we think about, well, what are the long lasting changes that come out of these periods of history? And, and our whole approach to retail and shopping very well may be one of these things that is severely impacted, you know, going forward. But I was wondering, you know, with these changes of um, procedure for retail places, you know, that's going to change hiring, that's going to change work for people, there's going to be a lot of changes that companies are going to have to adapt to, if this is something that that continues in the future, how, 
do you need more employees because it's more labor intensive to do delivery or to do, you know, curbside or to have somebody in the store physically shopping for you? You know, you're not just at the register. And we know this from retail that wine folk usually are very good word to look for. I don't know. We're, we're very flexible when it comes to what are the things that we do in the store. You know, you mean cash register, you stock the shelves, but you also help customers because you know your inventory and we know our wine. So how is that going to change as well when there's all these other things with personal shopping and, uh, and things coming on. So, and it's not just yeah, our I industry, think, you know, it's sporting goods and groceries and the hardware store and everything. So I think you hit a good point there, Kim, was I noticed the customer service where the small, smaller locations kind of pride yourself on helping people mm-hmm. when they come in to, to shop for wine. I think people... I, I see be, people not really receptive when you approach them now yeah. to help them. Everybody's afraid. Because, because it's more afraid. like a physical distance thing. Yeah, like exactly. You, yeah. you still want to provide that customer service, but people are afraid to you know, get close. And you really have to approach people to help them, right? So right. I'm afraid this is going to hurt small retail and that people just don't want to deal with anybody. So they're going to go to the biggest stores because there's more space and they can just mm-hmm. look themselves type of thing. I'm hoping not, but I can see that as a possible downside for small, for small yeah. business. The response to the small physical space. Right. Yeah. yeah. And not wanting to be helped mm-hmm. because they're afraid to be of that contact. But I, we'll, and I can we'll see, see it changing people's um, maybe receptive reception to being helped more through a website or through some sort of interface where you're not face-to-face with someone, but you can still get that customer service help. So, you know, that could be other changes that are coming down the pike that we haven't even really seen yet. So there could be these new developments that we haven't even thought of, but that over the course of the next year or two that, that might become reality that, you know, we don't even know yet. Yeah, this article, this good thing you said that too, Kim, because this article said website traffic on these uh, independent stores was up like 65%. Mm-hmm. And anyone who has a business and has a, a web page, they're obviously monitoring their activity. And my traffic was huge when this whole thing started because people just wanted to shop and see what you had online. And that impacted the retails, like you said, for staffing, because you had to have current inventory online. You had to keep updating your inventory online. Um, So that took away from the daily stuff because people were focusing on that. So it was up 65% according to the the survey. Yeah. So your, your focus is on a different aspect of the business that, you know, you might not have been anticipating. So kudos to you for being flexible and being able to respond. And I think then there was one other part of this article that was brought up that I heard not just from you, but from people on the wholesale side, that the relationships and the interactions between retail buyers and their wholesale reps uh, are also undergoing a bit of a change. We usually see vendor reps coming in all the time. To your store or you know when I was on the other side of it you know I would visit five or six or maybe even more stores and restaurants in in a particular day and show them wines and talk to them about their orders and get things in but now with this physical distancing that we're all doing we're finding that a lot of that work is being done just as successfully without the vendor reps physically coming into your store so I see that that will most definitely be a change in the future yeah. with how wholesalers um, conduct their business. They said 75% had decreased in sales interactions. Mm-hmm. And I, this shocked me. 
Yeah, this shocked me because I had actually sales reps that I called and I said, I used to work because I was nervous. I haven't seen him. I haven't yeah. heard from him. And I said, is everything okay? Oh, yeah. Like, how can you be home for weeks and not reach out to every customer. Yeah, I would, I would just right? assume that you would continue doing your job, but just remotely. So, yeah, you know, so, if I you mean, ordinarily see store A on Monday, you're still calling store A on Monday. Yeah, and it brought to light the whole, the, unfortunately, the whole thing about how sales in this industry is going to change because these companies have seen, they've had this salespeople off the road and they were still doing great. A yeah. lot of them were still doing great. So I think now they're going to look at, okay, we have an online thing. We have this. If these people weren't really you know, getting out there and we're still doing business, they could be in trouble, mm -hmm. you know, and it's sad, but that's going to change the whole sales thing in the industry, I think. Yeah. You're listening to The Wonderful World of Wine. We are your hosts, Mark and Kim. Every week, we join you for trending topics in the wine world. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. Find more information about Mark at franklinliquors.com. And you can find more information about myself at vinitaswineworks.com. Continuing our theme of COVID and how it is impacting the wine and beverage industry, we are now talking about how this pandemic and the situation will change online wine buying forever. I think it was high time that this becomes the reality for wine buying in this country. You know, we, we buy everything online, absolutely everything. You, know, you can buy shoes online. If they don't fit, you just send them back and you get the right pair. You buy food online, everything. But wine has always been a little bit more difficult because of shipping restrictions and the three-tiered system that we have in place. But, you know, times they are a-changing and wine buying is changing right along with them. Now, for yeah. you as a retailer, Mark, is this uh, something that has you worried? No. I don't, I don't think so. I think it's always good that there's an, if people who are smart shoppers, you know, you sound like me, Kim, that you, we're looking online. We're trying to find something, a better deal. I think smart shoppers for wine would be the same thing. They're going to look, see who has the product, maybe locally to get it faster or to research a product. So the more information that's out there. And if you want to take the chance of having a wine shipped from a store in wherever, Michigan to Mass, you know, Go ahead. I think it's great that you have the opportunity to, to source things out like that. Uh, it was funny because in this article, they mentioned 65% of the consumers are unaware that you can even buy alcohol online. So, I mean, that's, that's a big number for people mm -hmm. who probably aren't even taking part of it yet. Right? right. So I, I don't know. I think as a retail, you can't worry about other, what other people are doing or what everything's changing. You just have to adapt. So mm -hmm. I have the opportunity. I can ship if I want to ship. And if I feel my local sales are down or I have a special product I want others to know about. I mean, I was just approached this week about a, a company that's like wine searcher type of place where you can upload your inventory. The gentleman used to work with Robert Parker to do his kind of inventory control. So uh -huh. you have to look at those things. Is it worth putting your things out there on the, on the internet? And shipping, like you said, Kim, shipping's changing every day. People are able to ship from across states from stores you can get things from wineries so a smart wine shopper is taking advantage of those but mm -hmm. like if you want a bottle right now in two hours you have to go local 
Right. We, I mean, as much as we purchase alcohol and consume alcohol at home, um, we had never done any sort of online or delivery or anything. And we have a local store to us in our town that specializes in a few things and has been doing a bunch of tasting. So for the very first time, we placed a delivery order with them and uh, it showed up at our door in like 45 minutes and no signature required. They just had to see that we were, you know, old enough. Um, and it was really fantastic. That's insulting. That's insulting. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a anymore. Thing you I got, say. I got, I got over it. <laughs> Kim, because I have people that come all the time. Yeah, yeah. I have people that come in all the time, and the first thing they're doing is they're taking their license out. And and if they're really, I don't want to say they're really old, but if you obviously know they're old enough, I'll say no. Twenty-two is perfectly, you know, good. <laughs> That's very sweet of you. You don't want to insult people, but well, and then well, there's the then there's the Trader Joe's model where they just card everyone. So yeah. I always do like without the license. Yeah, yeah. Um. But this was, you know, I, I think that, you know, even though I am, I like to think particularly savvy about what's going on in this industry, I'm still one of those people that had never done this before. So just the, I think, exposure of people trying this new thing, like I had never gotten groceries delivered before. I had never done like all of these things that suddenly I've had to do in response to staying at home and you know, not wanting to go into stores. These are new, they're almost like new skills that, that we've learned. It's like, oh, welcome to the 21st century. So I know that I'm not alone in that situation. And I'm sure a lot of our listeners are nodding their heads right now saying, oh yeah, I've done a whole bunch of new things that I never thought I would have done. So, you know, just the exposure of people who've never done it before, now they're familiar with it. So now in the future, when they don't have to do it, they still might. So I think that was a big barrier that was broken down for a lot of people. And that going forward, it's going to be more of a convenience thing and not necessarily a necessity. Like I've kind of been dealing with it. Yeah. First time uh, online buys was up. Instacart mm -hmm. uh, downloads was up like 400%, which means people like were taking advantage of these supermarkets that had beer and wine. You could add that to your Instacart order that a lot of people I think never knew that. So right. that ad, that went way up. Online, they said up between 40 and 60%. So yeah, like you said, I think a lot of people discovered it. It's a, it's a new thing. And I think a good thing I saw in wine retail was people are now more acceptive. Is that not, it's not even a word. They're, they <laughs> accept they accept now when they come in if something's out of stock because they're so used to going to the supermarket in, in such a shortage of foods. Yeah. Now in the past, if you didn't have it, they, oh, geez, they get really mad. And now they're more accepting to an alternative yeah. because they're so used to things on the store shelves being out. So they it gave the smaller wine people a better chance to, to sell their product. I so felt. you're saying that if you're out of a particular thing and that was a buyer's regular item and you didn't have it in stock, they were more, more amenable to buying something different exactly, that they never had before? Exactly. Ah. Yeah. And I heard from the, the smaller wine salespeople that have the smaller wineries, it got their products into the store more. Because well, that's the, a good positive spin on it because we've yeah. sort of been hearing the opposite, that the little guys are going to kind of be left behind because the only brands that big wine retailers are going to want to be selling are the tried and true, bigger, easier to get kind of producers. So that's, I feel like that's a positive development. Yeah, for these, very good. These smaller. It, it, good. It might also have to do with, I'm not going to another store 
I'm yeah. not going to 10 stores to find not this product because I don't, I don't want to social, you know, I want to socially distance myself, but right. it, it did have a positive impact in the wine industry. So it is sort of amazing that it's only taken three months for people to be a little bit like cooler with the idea of, Oh, if something is out of stock, you know, I'm not going to go blame the poor dude who's stocking the shelves. Like it's not his fault. And that, you know, we have this understanding that there's, there's disruptions to the supply chain and things just might not be available for, for a while. And I've heard all sorts of news reports about that, that, you know, there are certain food companies that maybe they make frozen pizzas or they may, you know, whatever, um, whatever their product happens to be, that because of the need for social distancing in their factories that there, you know, are going to be certain products that they just can't make anymore. And, and it's interesting to hear that there are some consumers that are just totally chill with that and are, are starting to, you know, be a little bit more okay with not having certain things on the shelf because we, like you said, you know, we've gotten so used to the idea that everything is available to us all the time that when something isn't, you know, it's like, ah, <laughs> you know, why, why not? Thank you for listening to The Wonderful World of Wine today. We've been your hosts, Mark Lindsay and Kim Simone, exploring all things wine with you. You can find us on Facebook at The Wonderful World of Wine. We would love any questions or comments that you have. Cheers. Bye, bye, bye.